I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's Wokecast with my co-host with the most, it's Jasanga Malata and Kairos Bodley. How you doing, fellas? I'm well, but as, as I said to you just seconds ago, I've seen Akon is doing a remix of Locked Up with Takeshi 69. This is every this wow. is Wow, pause. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> this is this Now this has got to be some troll job. Come on, now, man. Now I'm looking at a video of of Akon rapping with Takeshi 69. Takeshi 69's got his ridiculous hair right now. Ugh. This is everything that's wrong with with 2020. As I said, God must hate this planet. We've had plagues, we've had a pandemic, we've had we're having a race war in America. Ugh. Just, just, just get me out. Just t- tap me out. I'm tapping out until next year, until 2021. I- I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to get my head around this. Takashi Snitch Nine yes. is, is, is recording a track about jail yeah, life exactly. with, with Akon. Akon man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's pretty Jesus qualified to God. do that. What was the, what was, what was the premise of the original Locked Up? I'm locked up. What was he actually out. rapping about? It was just, uh, he was just singing about life, just about. Yeah, just the mistakes that you made in life, you getting locked up and they won't let him out. But Akon obviously didn't get but didn't the, get the memo that if you snitch, man, you can get rich and you can leave jail. Or you pay your way out. Yeah. Or you pay your way out. Come uh, on, man. Let's 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 not let's not skirt around the issue. If you got money, you ain't spending time in jail. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> I know what G would say if she was here, man. That is serious. That's some serious coinage been exchanged there, for yeah, real. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, but anyway, we're not we're not here to talk about hip hop snitches. No, I think I think I think we should have a an annex to this episode just talking about hip hop snitches because, man, <laughs> I just I'm, seriously, I'm just I'm reeling from that. That is that is kind of like that's that's left me for six, man. That's that's punching. Yeah, for six. man. Akon's tweet was. Being locked up can really change your perspective in life. Ask six nine hashtag locked up coming soon. And just like, bro, man, <laughs> what wow. is going on? Wow, y'all are some haters. Bringing it back though, bringing it back back though to to MMA. I mean, talk about being locked up. Talk about locking the game up. UFC two fifty. I've got to admit, you know, on paper that looked fire, but man, what a card from top to bottom i have to say incredible i mean it had everything it had had what submissions it had ko's had tko's and just for me the barn burner of, of a, a one-sided beatdown, just showing you know the technical skills of amanda um nunez man incredible incredible i mean history was being made there as well when you think about it look she's a two belt title holder defending her two mm-hmm. belts within basically at one organization which has never ever been done before yeah never been done none before she's definitely the goat man that's why you see that's why you see that's why she was in my top oh, five i knew you were gonna bring this up I knew you <laughs> right i hold my hands up in the air and i say that i was i was wrong i should have included a man in years that was oversight from my part 
uh, complete oversight. I, my my public apologies, but yeah, as you said, it it it, it was another stellar performance from Amanda Nunes. And wh- where are the challenges for her? That that was the that was the questions that the commentators were asking at the at the end of the broadcast. But, and 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 it's true. I mean, barring a trilogy fight with Valentina. Shevchenko, yeah, yeah. who I do believe won that second fight. I'm just putting putting it out there, but obviously on the record it goes down as a W for Amanda. Barring a, a trilogy fight with her, there's what what else is there? There, I, there's there's nothing else, and that's why you know what I think she should just go test the water in boxing. Why not? Yeah, I mean she she's already she she completed the game, so just why not add another feather to your cap? Nah, well, come on, man. Let's not get too crazy. Oh, I'm not saying go find Clarissa Shields or anything. Let, 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 you know, yeah. I mean that 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 is the conversation that I've just seen across the Twitter timelines, and it's like, guys, take a sniff of that coffee, <laughs> take a sniff of that Kenko, because you're not in this realm. You are basically in another dimension if you think she's going to go over there and touch. Clarissa, no, 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 Clarissa no. I mean, no way. You know, Clarissa for have her, would have her for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed. Twice yeah, over. twice over. Yeah, gluttony. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be. I, well, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing her just fight low, lower lower ranked fighters and or lesser skilled fighters. Just just let her go try something new. You know. So, I, I mean, as I said, she's 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 completed the game twice over now. So, as I said, she's she's undeniably the women's goat. Just let her go have her fun. After she has her her child with uh, with Nina. Nah, nah, let her keep winning. I don't, I'm so sick of people not wanting to see dominant champions. We always talk about this. People are like, oh, well, Demetrius Johnson's not great. That man has like 12 belts and he still doesn't get the credit he deserves. So Amanda with her five or six isn't going to get the credit that she deserves. Let her keep catching bodies. I think Irene Aldana has a pretty decent chance. I don't know how she'll do in five rounds, but Irene Aldana's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good shout. uh, You guys are talking about the Shevchenko trilogy. I'm going to be real with y'all. This third mm-hmm. fight isn't going to be that close. Shevchenko caught her at a pretty good time in her career. Everyone always talks about the cardio problems of Amanda, but she hasn't had those for years, like she said in the interview. Mm-hmm. When she fought Shevchenko both times, she definitely had those cardio issues, which is why Shevchenko shined in the later rounds. Sure, Shevchenko isn't going to put herself in a position to get countered harshly and like get KO'd unconscious, but ain't no way. Ain't no way Shevchenko's going to win that fight unless she catches her like in a submission similar to how she beat Juliana Pena like four or five years ago. That's the yeah. only way Shevchenko's mm-hmm. winning that fight. I'm sorry. I understand that Shevchenko is one of the most technically sound fighters on the planet with some of the best skill set on the planet, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of division, but the facts are still the facts. Weight classes exist for a reason, and Valentina Shevchenko is in the right weight class for her size. Well, well, she's a secret spy. She's going to be coming for your ass, son. <laughs> you say, you say, <laughs> she's, she's, she's tapped into this conversation yeah, exactly, now. bro. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> facts are facts. You got two losses against her. Whether you thought she lost or not, you still got those losses on your record. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's very true. But, Mike, I, 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 wanted, yeah. I wanted to speak to you about this as the main event was going on, but I realized that you probably would have tapped out around 3.30. You would have been, been gone to sleep. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. It's now time for the weekly segment. What time did Mike <laughs> conk out? Oh, ask Mike conk out in front of the TV this week. Now, was it 3 a.m.? Was it 2 a.m.? Or did old Mike, old ass Mike, did he battle it out? Did he gut it out until the final innings of the main event? 
You went to sleep at 2 a.m. I'm yeah, going uh, to 2 a.m. <laughs> 2 a.m. Okay. Uh, any advances on 2 a.m.? Yeah, 2 a.m.'s final answer. Yep. 2 a.m.'s your final answer. Okay, the, the prize this week is my house, and you both went for 2 a.m., and I'm afraid that's oh. wrong. Oh, Mike. Oh, last Mike. Tapped out at 3 a.m. Okay, fair enough. That's that, 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 that's that's so you, you just missed the one hitter quitter then. You just went went to sleep just before O'Malley put Eddie Wineland, uh, marbleized Eddie Wineland. Yeah, I, I have to say, what a performance. I mean, talk about that faint. And then to have the presence of mind, there must have been some serious drilling when, when yeah. you know, he, he was in, in, in the gym to do that. But the presence of mind, just for the calmness, for the faint, and then boom, <laughs> he was out of there. Yeah, yeah I caught that up uh, over, my, um, over my chocolate crispies in the morning. And man... <laughs> Seriously, that was a and the walk off KO as well. I didn't even mention that the walk off KO completed for me. It was me. a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Like, I mean, oh man, I, I know people are comparing the the Cody Garbrandt knockout of a sunset. I'm sure we'll move on to that uh, shortly, but it was is as you said, the feint was so subtle that you didn't see it in re, in real yeah. time, and then it yes. just and and to have the technical well, the, the physical ability to feint like that and come with an overhand right and not just an overhand right yes. overhand right with power as well mm. it was it, it was beautiful it, it it was beautiful and let's just pause there as well look I know Sean O'Malley has come in with like a gang of hype and man am I on that train mm. but it was against Eddie Wineland and he made Eddie Wineland look ordinary. Yeah, like no, who does that to Eddie Wineland? Like the only, it, yeah, thank like, you. The only time I can visibly remember Eddie Wineland being like stopped, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't even starched. Was when he lost to Hen and Burrell. Like that. That's just off mm. the top of my head. Maybe he has been, and maybe my my memory's uh, escaping me as, as I'm getting older. But that was the only time I can remember him like being badly dazed. But the way Sean just separated him from consciousness, man, it was. Something else. Curled his mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Even more. Oh, man. Kairos, what did you think of the the sugar show? Sean O'Malley is a sadistic son of a bitch, and here's why, okay? I'm glad you brought up that Hen and Brown knockout, because my man was throwing the same strike Hen and Brown finished him with repeatedly throughout the fight. And he mm-hmm. was freezing up. It was like he saw the flashback. And he was like, I can't get close. I can't, I can't allow myself to get in range. So then he kept using that to condition him to react to the spin. Or, and then when he fainted and used his, uh, was it his right straight or his left straight? One or the other. It took me back to when he was on the Contender Series, too, because he did the similar trick against that one dude. Ah. So I was like, bro, this kid is like pure intellect. Like, you don't understand. He's throwing reads at you based off of your biases and based off of things that has happened to you in the past. And those are things you can't really correct. And so when you do react to him, then he switches it up. Like, this guy is a genius. Like, people want to compare his and Cody Garbrandt's. I think Cody Garbrandt's is just his sheer ability to put the lights out. I think Sean O'Malley's, his athleticism, his ability to use your weaknesses against you, his ability to set up reads, and his ability to capitalize on Like, this guy's the truth, but... Don't give him fighters who have 30 fights next. Keep handing him people in his avenue so we can continue to see him develop. The one thing that kind of threw me, I know this is kind of like left beam and off key, but the whole Takashi um, <laughs> 6 oh, nine back. <laughs> where, where did that come I don't from? Know. I mean, I, I, I've been following this guy for the longest while and I hadn't seen that actually, you know, being eased in. It was like, woof, Takashi 6 9 O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know, man. I've 
if if I was the UFC, I'd I'd I try to get a photo up with the, those two together. You know, like they're b- both with their current hair or whatever. If you if you're trying to get a new golden goose, which Lord knows they need, given the current climate and the the apparent strike that seems to be happening. So yeah, yeah. so I mean. That's a collab you need to hook up. Takeshi Six Nine is showing O'Malley. <laughs> I'm serious. They really should do that. They I should. Think you're right. They really should do that. Did we touch on um, Cody Garbrandt earlier? No, no. It we would be, I think, remiss of us not to, to touch on that. And you know what, Aljamain Sterling as well, because those two fights for me, particularly because I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, KOs. For me, the, the the whole Cody Garbrandt, the way that he kind of... It was almost as though he was chambering up like some kind of like Thor's hammer from the ground and then boom! Yeah. Knocked out a sense out. Yeah, it, it was... I, I was really, really impressed uh, with Cody's performance. Now, I expected him to to come out and be a bit more level-headed and have better footwork because uh, obviously he's been working under the tutelage of uh, Mark Henry like on a, on, a, on a part-time basis. And, I mean, all, all of us know of like... Mark Henry's his his body of work speaks for itself. His fighters have excellent mm-hmm. footwork, excellent combinations, and their IQs are are top 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 of the game. And they listen to their coaches, like un, unlike some, some fighters who just don't listen to their coaches whatsoever. And it showed. It showed with his, with this footwork. But I think the most impressive thing for me, uh, and and the good thing for for Cody fans as well, was that he didn't get involved in a brawl. There was one time that. I, I can't remember exactly if it was in the first round, towards the end of the first round, or if it was in the second, mm. where there there was a bit of a nasty exchange and the Sunsar got the better of the exchange. And now the Cody that lost to Dillashaw at 227 and uh, foolishly was just swinging heavy lever with Pedro Munez, he would have he would have yeah. just stayed in the pocket and just gone, fuck it, I'm just going to keep swinging. But he, you could see him consciously think about it. He's like, right, I need to get out of here. I need to stay out of this, stay out of this pocket. And, and and perhaps maybe that was uh, down to the fact that there weren't any fans there. Because if you can imagine, yep. the fans the fans are like banging for blood. They're screaming after a heavy exchange like that. It'd, it'd pump you up. up and then it, it would it'd mm. lead you to to um, to just swing heavy levers. So I think that was, pro- that was probably a good thing for him. But I was very impressed with the performance. And I was very impressed with the maturity that he showed in the octagon. I think everybody who was talking about his haircut and him balding needs to apologize. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm going to talk about first. I saw it leading up to, oh, Cody's going bald. Just shave it off, bro. Dun, dun, you're going to get knocked out anyway. Focus on the hair on your chin. <laughs> I told y'all. Y'all were talking about how he was going to get knocked out. And I told y'all he wasn't going to go down like that. I told y'all this man's the truth. Ever since I saw him making his debut in the UFC, I told y'all. Not too many people have that quick twitch on. And y'all know I love my athletes. Y'all always say, the guy whose athleticism isn't everything in fighting. It is when most mixed martial artists aren't great athletes. That's why it's so important. People don't understand, oh, they're athletic and they do athletic things. They aren't an athlete, though. There's a difference. There is levels to this. And quick twitch fiber cannot be made. This man has one of the best quick twitch fibers in any division. That's why he's able to read and react and catch you while you're throwing punches. Like, oh, my. This man, Cody Garbrandt. Just needs to build his confidence a little bit more. I think they should throw him another fighter in like the top five or ten. Don't say title shot off the rip. Don't say, mm-hmm. oh, number one contender off the rip. Let him build his confidence and continue to let him roll out. I don't know who they should give, but I'm I'm happy that he's back. And to be honest, to be frank with you, I don't think too many people are going to have answers for him when he gets his confidence back. Because he can go five rounds. He And in the fights that he lost, he was winning. 
That's what people don't mm-hmm. get. When he when he lost to TJ, he was winning. And when he lost to yeah. Pedro Munoz, he was tagging him up. Then he got he didn't get dropped. He fell, and then he wanted to get it all mm. back. And then he let himself open, and he just got into a firefight. And he was hitting Pedro, but Pedro just held up, held up. Not too many people yeah. can take those strikes and keep trading. So like, you people better wake up. That's it. <laughs> to, to piggyback, oh, I know sorry, what, I was about to say, to piggyback, just a quick not, not, point. Go on. Uh, to piggyback on what you were saying about Cody's fast twitch uh, fibers <clears throat> or whatever. I remember the, well, the first time I saw him, like, at an open workout, um, and his first fight in person was at UFC 217. And I can hands down say that he's got the quickest hands that i've ever seen i was literally i was watching from the sidelines and i was like jesus christ his hands are so quick and that's well and that's why uh, people forget in the first tj fight he caught tj coming in towards the the end of the first round and if he'd had like maybe an extra inch or or two inch reach advantage that hook that yeah that you threw at the end of the first round of the first fight tj's out that fight's done but Anyway, glad to see him back uh, back in the win column. Sticking with Cody's, though, um, I know I'm flitting up and down the card, but uh, I think it'd be rather remiss of me not to mention Cody Stamen. I mean, considering that, you know, a week ago uh, he lost his brother, and a week ago, when you think about it, it, it is definitely not enough time for your mind to be healing let alone to be thinking about a fight he went in there and you know got that decision three round decision but you know just the respect that I had for that man after that fight you know I, I was quite choked up so much so that I messaged him because um you guys probably would have seen that he came on uh the midweek edition of the mm-hmm. Wocast I think it was a couple of weeks back and you know I, I said to him I I, I just can't fathom or find the words just the, the the respect that I had for him not just for showing up but just the performance that he put on and you know just kind of like the standard bearer that he now is considering what he's been through I thought it, this was just like absolutely incredible what he was able to achieve considering what he, you know what he was going into the fight with yeah I've, I've as soon as i saw the the tragic news you you just immediately thought that right he's he's he's, he's going to pull out i mean that's 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 yeah, what that, that's exactly. what most people would do and nobody in on earth unless you you're some sort of sick scumbag would begrudge you for for for, for even doing so but no he he showed immense resolve and and, and and a mental fortitude that needs commending to 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 continue to continue his training to go into fight week, to put everything aside, and to put on arguably one of his best performances inside the octagon. I, I mean, I, I run out of superlatives for him and to, to describe his his mental fortitude because it's it's just, it's just something else. Like any other human being would rightly crumble and would be in a hole for I, I, yeah. I, I don't know how long. Well, sometimes it takes people years to recover from grief or whatever. Exactly. But yes, I mean. Again, he's he's one tough son of son of a bitch physically and mentally, and I'm I just want to send my condolences out to him and his family and, yeah. and the rest of uh, everybody connected with with the Stamen family. Yeah, I don't think I could put and, it any better way. I got nothing else. Any more for any more before we move on in terms of last night's action and what we saw. Uh, anything yes, else yes. That anybody yes. vote? A couple of weeks ago, you were saying that you were not a proponent for corner stopping fights. What were what were, mm. what were your thoughts 
well, this morning because we you, you tapped out. <laughs> uh, what, what, what were your thoughts when you when like when it got to around the end of the third and then the early in the fourth round of uh, Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer? She was still in the fight, still had her faculty. Still, I mean, it was still a one-sided beatdown, but it's not as though, you know, she was being pummeled on her face or not actually fighting back. She was still very much in the fight, and I think that her corner made the right decision. Keep her in there. That contusion that she had on her head, that was the only thing that was causing me consternation, Mm -hmm. kind of concern. But respect to that cut man I mean he kept that firmly pressed down to to, a, to an extent where it seemed to be getting smaller um, from well within each round but I think it was either a cut in the hairline or it was a cut somewhere in, in her head or on her head that was actually ca- causing her problems but nothing that would have made me feel you know what it's time to pull her out of there so no I, I still feel as though again ultimately it's going to be the fighter's decision to make and she made the right decision to stay in there and to gut it out and to, you know, bring it bring it to a, a, a five round. Okay, albeit, like I say, albeit a little bit one-sided, but, you know, that would have done wonders for her composer, her self-esteem. And not only that, indomitable spirit, man. Yeah, but, like, I, I think as, as, as Joe Rogan said, or Daniel Cormier, She'll, her, the skill set that she possesses right now is probably enough to beat everybody else in. I was about to say in the one forty five division, there ain't no one forty five division. But, <laughs> but it's okay. It's it's enough to beat those those bantamweight fighters who aren't cutting weight who decided, yeah, I'll go up to one forty five. It's enough to it's mm. it's enough to beat them. And then eventually she'll get back to Amanda. Should Amanda stay? And then it's just going to be more of the same. <sighs> I'm. <laughs> They definitely should not have stopped that fight. And I'm glad they didn't. You, everyone always jokes about this on Twitter. Oh, this exactly. sets the sport back. Da, 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 da. These girls dancing. Them stopping that fight would have set that sport, the sport back like five, ten years. That would have set you. the sport back five, ten years on the real. Like, we've seen so many worse beatings. Like, we've seen some people straight up get killed. That wasn't that bad. And y'all always want to brag about how tough Felicia Spencer is and how durable she went 15 minutes with Cyborg. Well, she can go 25 with Amanda then. Y'all talk y'all all about how tough she is. Let us sit there for 15, for 25 with Amanda. Because I'm sick of it. Y'all were, y'all were swearing. Y'all were selling out the whole week about how she was going to beat her. Speech. About how tough she was. About how enduring Speech. she was. Well, guess what? Let her be that now. She, she, you guys made her bed. Let her lay in it. She wasn't in that much danger. And it's time for y'all to hold this L. Brother Malcolm. <laughs> God, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if there aren't any more runners and writers, I don't know how you follow that, to be uh, honest with you. I mean, as you know, I'm a king of segues. I don't even know how I'm going to, you know, bounce into, you know, the, the next segment. Because really and truly, what I'm bringing to the table is the fact that, you know, speaking of um, Indomitable Spirit, speaking of, you know, actually sticking in there, um, the actual pro or the actual protests. Um, which were kind of like kicked off by, you know, the death of George Floyd have reached the UK now. And they've actually reached certain parts or other parts of Europe. But I mentioned the UK in particular because UFC fighters have actually um, come out on the scene and actually joined the protests. Darren Stewart was um, repping for Mm -hmm. London 
and ex-UFC fighter Jimmy Manuel was repping for London as well. I do believe um, Michael Venom Page yeah, was, was also there. on the scene, also on the scene, even though he's Bellator. But um, when it reached uh, Manchester, we had Kane Musa again, Bellator fighter. And when it reached Birmingham, we had Leon Roberts. Now, uh, sorry, Leon, Leon Roberts. <laughs> now, for me, we're just giving him yeah. a ghetto pass. But we had um, Leon yeah. Edwards. Now, for me, I loved the fact that, you know, you could see there was a kind of like internal battle. Should we go? Because we're supposedly in the midst of a COVID-19 um, lockdown. We're just coming out of that. And I got, you know, an invite from Jimmy to come down uh, to the London leg. But my argument, well, not necessarily argument, but my rationale for not going is I have been um, one of the loudest voices on Twitter about the fact that in this country um, we had an advisor to the PM Kairos he'd actually broken protocol which he'd actually helped formulate and had traveled around the country and one of the bits of rationale for breaking protocol and for breaking the lockdown was that he wanted to test his eyesight because um, he got in his car to ensure that his eyes were okay, and um, that was part of the reason why he broke the, the protocol for um, the whole lockdown. But the point of mentioning all of that is I was one of the, the biggest, I would say, largest voices on Twitter talking about the fact that this was unacceptable. And, you know, if there's one rule for him, uh, well, one rule for us, he should be observing it mm-hmm. too. So that was the first thing. But secondly, my track record with, you know, um, police engagement hasn't been good. And knowing my luck, me turning up there, it wouldn't have ended very well for me. So that's what kind of like deterred me from from actually going. Now, I have to say it was great to have them on scene. And I'm glad that, you know, it does look, as I mentioned, that they did kind of like wrangle with themselves and, um, you know, decided to actually form part of the protest. And I'm glad they did because... I feel as though they kind of, not necessarily shamed, but it kind of questioned the organisation which they <coughs> work for um, in terms of the mm-hmm. UFC. Because when you think about it, other large sporting organisations, other large organisations full stop across the board have been, you know, uh, amongst criticism, yes, but they've all been by and large coming out and saying, look, we stand by, you know, um, people's right to protest and we also stand by, you know, people's um, right to be respected. In particular, we stand by Black Lives Matter. Now, that hasn't been forthcoming from the UFC. Viacom um, issued, I, I think it was either last week, yeah, it was end of last week, they issued a statement which was retweeted by Bellator Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a retweet which I saw, which kind of like said essentially that, um, but nothing from the UFC. Now, we've had like, I would say, very sharp, short quips from Dana White, but he's not wanting to dwell on it in terms of in-depth conversation. And that was kind of like worrying when you think about it. Not only are they quiet in terms of um, voicing and voicing loudly like the other corporations, um, sporting organisations have done, but they've not even wanted to get into a conversation, almost feigning dumbness. I think it was at the press conference or post-fight press conference um, for 250, UFC 250, where he was asked the question. And I think to sum up what he said, Dana White, I don't know how to answer that. Now, perhaps the alignment, the allegiance to Trump Mm -hmm. is actually stopping him from making that kind of like overt sort of support. But 
it's worrying when you have such a cross-section of fighters, particularly um, black and minority fighters, on the roster who perhaps might be looking to um, Dana White for a little bit of support, a little bit of, um, well, considering they are supposedly the world leader in um, mixed martial arts, looking for him to lead the way with regard to this particular quite pressing issue. Yeah. Yeah, you guys first first of all, shout out to, to 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 Leon Edwards. I almost called him Leo, Leon Roberts there because you said it. <laughs> now, <laughs> sh- no, sh- shout out to Leon, to Jimmy, to, to Michael, to Darren, to Kane, to Israel Adesanya all the way in New Zealand for 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 yeah, yeah exactly yeah for, for 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 attending for attending these uh, these rallies and using their platforms to to get across this uh, get across this issue, which which oh hold on pause sorry to interrupt you john jones uh, of course. out here yeah in of these course streets. of course and not to mention and we'll, we'll 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 dip into boxing world as well shout out to anthony joshua as well for 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 spreading the the good message and encouraging all of us to to address racism whether you're white or black or what have you but as it pertains to the ufc i think from dana's point of view i know they did I think they might have had a, a, a tribute, a, a brief tribute ahead of the Alistair Overeem Walt Harris fight, and I know they, I know they tweeted, yeah. they tweeted a picture of uh, rest in peace George Floyd there as well. So I think maybe Dana, as you said, obviously he's Trump's his boy. I think he doesn't want to open himself up to questioning, uh, well, potential uh, a, a potential line of questioning that would see him potentially say something that's contradictory to what President Trump is and President Trump's rhetoric because if the UFC were to come out with Black Lives Matter blah blah blah, we we stand against all forms of discrimination, blah 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 you know full well Yeah. Well, well, I'd hope one of the journalists at the press conference, and I'm surprised nobody did over, over at the media scrum or at the press conference yesterday, ask Dana what his thoughts on how Trump is handling this because it's 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 no no it's 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 uh, it's relevant because obviously Trump was at UFC UFC two four four and Trump Trump has actually played a big part in MMA as well. Back in the day, he held he held a few yeah. few events at the Trump Taj Mahal, so. I I believe it would be a relative line of uh, a questioning, but as you said, I I think it's evident that Dana didn't want to open himself up to it. Uh, yeah, that that's that's my my point of view. Ooh, mm. I, you almost had me. You almost had me saying something that could have got this podcast shut down. I'm glad I bit my tongue. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, if we're being real for a second. Are we surprised at the double standard here? Everyone's always like, keep politics out of sports. I have this as my escape. This is like the Coliseum for all the people back then. Why do we have to deal with this? But yet when you have Donald Trump addressing the public people in between broadcasts about MMA, talking about, oh, have a great time, enjoy the broadcast, no one says shit. But as soon as you talk about black people, oh my God, I can't deal with it. Oh no, and I don't care that Donald Trump Help the UFC in the past. I don't care that he's helping them now. It shouldn't be an issue. If someone is really your friend, they should accept and respect you for having your own set of opinions and beliefs. Now, Mm -hmm. if your beliefs don't align with what we think we want your beliefs to be, that's a completely and entirely different discussion. That's fine then. That's fine. Yeah. But if you believe that and you support the cause and you're down for the cause, tu eres baja por la cosa, ahora, hoy, 
then yeah. you need to stand up. What? That's some Spanish. <laughs> I'm bilingual, baby. But that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's See. what I mean, though. No, I, co- I completely agree with you. And I- I'm sure you guys have seen over, over, in particular, over like the last 48 hours that fighters who were, who were tweeting about the, the injustice and speaking up about it, they're just being bombarded by people saying all lives matter and oh, can't believe you're saying this. You're, you're losing fans now or whatever. It even happened to Stipe Miocic earlier this week. But I think the, the one that me and you have found ourselves involved in, Mike, as well, was with Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Like that video that I... Which makes me think, are, are these bots? Because the ferocity and the intensity and just the sheer yeah. scale, it was like an ongoing bombardment. I'm thinking these have to be bots. I can't imagine that a sentient being would say things like True, this. True, but I'm still getting notifications from other people who are who are calling Joshua a racist and whatever. And Joshua's literally about 10 minutes ago, he's just put out a statement just now saying, if you think I'm a racist, go fuck yourself. If you watch the full video, the speech was passed around for someone to read and I took the lead. I personally spoke from the heart about the Watford community, ideas of us personally investing seven figures to create unity and opportunities and adding change to the African slash Caribbean community. Shops aren't the issue. Before you talk shit, you better boycott racism. I said what I said. I will act Excellent. to make change. So, yeah, more, more, more power to amazing. him. Because people, I, I don't know if you saw the video, Karis, but people took his words, basically, of him telling uh, black people to invest in their communities is to boycott white commu- uh, white shops and whatever which which wasn't the case he was uh, yeah Utterly joshua ridiculous. all he was trying to do was to encourage encourage people of color to remember that you have a local community that you can look that you can they can uplift and you can empower by using your hard-earned cash and spending but yeah exactly means. exactly yeah. but people took that as oh yeah he's being anti-white blah 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 and the amount of tweets that i'm even seeing in response people are like uh you've lost a fan a pay-per-view buyer ticket i'm a buyer and a merchandise buyer blah 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 disgrace lost all respect for you cut ties with your sponsors can't wait to see fury knock you out i mean well these people are just outing themselves they're just outing themselves from showing that they're not really they don't they don't want equality and they and they refuse to understand the plight of people from any marginalized group these dumb motherfuckers don't even know what racism is that's the funny part of this these dumb motherfuckers don't even understand that it's a system not the act and when people say black people can be racist not in america and not in other places they can't because they are not in a position of power they aren't gonna like i'm not even gonna even waste my breath explaining to this to these people but you see that that's that's where we need to start from though because you're right there is this ignorance there is this lack of kind of like understanding that it is about it is about the power to oppress or suppress those with no power by those with power and people don't get that definition they see it as as a color thing and they see it as you know the ability to oppress no it's to do exactly. with power. They're thinking of prejudice, not racism. And the fact mm. of the matter is this. Yes. Anthony Joshua, just like John Boyega, they're doing the right thing. Like, y'all better pray. Y'all better pray I never get a voice as big as that. Because I'm going to start just hammering these people who want to go down this road with me. Since we were talking about 6 9 the next time I see someone telling me something about racism, trying to mansplain it to me or whatever, I'm just going to tell you to suck my dick. 
just like 6ix9ine does. Like, oh. I'm, not, I'm done with this. I'm done. You guys have gotten, like, the. I've been so nice and I've been so cordial with some of you people. And by you people, I mean people who think that they can tell me what racism is, but they don't live it every single day. People yeah. are always hitting me up like, Kairos, how are you feeling during this time? You think I, this is any different from any other day of my life? I had been seeing this since the day I was born. My, my first day in kindergarten, a girl mm -hmm. literally came up to me and was like, Gyros, did you know black people can't marry white people? Like, so like people just don't even understand. This is stuff mm -hmm. that people see every single day and experience it. We've just grown numb to it. It's about time you guys realize that this is the world that we live in. I can't wait for the things that you hold dear, whether it's your prejudice or whether it's your ignorance, to burn down in front of you because that is just going to be the best day of my life because it's about time y'all wake the fuck up. The one thing I do like, and I know this is going to sound really sad, I love to have the interaction with racists online. Those people who are calling names, those people who are basically just ignorant because you amplify their ignorance and other people look at them and just shake their heads. Because I've had people jumping in comments of people making racist statements and saying, can you actually read what you've just said there? Because it's kind of ignorant. So it kind of like putting them in check. And I love that because it's almost as though, you know, people need it explaining to them. And that kind of takes me back to this whole, you know, um, notion of, you know, I really do feel people have got a misunderstanding as to what racism is. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I, I agree with you, with you on that. And we could talk about this at nauseum, but I think that maybe that maybe we should do, chop that up midweek. 100%. So who's next? Who's bringing something it's to the me. table? And as you can see, all the UFC fighters are going on strike. Even Conor <laughs> McGregor's going on strike. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, again. again yeah, third, 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 three, three times uh, a charm. Three times baby. a lady. Third time to charm. But anyway, any, anyway. <laughs> my, my, my question to you is that a lot of the UFC, uh, big, big names in the UFC, John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, and seemingly Conor McGregor, because it seems that, judging from the interview he did with Ariel Hawani, he's basically not getting what he wants. What are your thoughts on fighters airing their dirty laundry and the dirty laundry being the <clears throat> failed negotiations and the, I don't want to say shadiness from the UFC, but the, the potential re reneging on, on verbal agreements in public. Oh. I, for one, I, I, for one, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see fighters so, uh, talk about it so openly because in years gone by, especially without uh, social media and in particular Twitter and, and Instagram, they wouldn't have a, an avenue other than the MMA media to, uh, to talk about it. So I, I for one, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see fighters voicing their opinions and voicing their grievances. But what's your thoughts on airing the laundry, the dirty ass laundry in public? I love it. I'm a big fan of transparency and it's quite clear. Look, I'm going to call it as it is that Dana White isn't the most transparent of individuals. He will possibly because his perspective is, um, how can I put it, in a different uh, place uh, than a lot of the fighters who he's speaking to. The perspectives that he's showing to us as media members, as um, fans as well doesn't always tally with what the fighters are actually going through and this is a way of actually you know fact checking a lot of what he puts out there there's just this one-sided narrative which you know he's been all too keen to um push and up until recently 
and that has been the case and we've been lapping it up and basically just you know taking everything he said as gospel no this is the way of actually fact checking and getting other people's other fighters uh, aspect and um, facet of the story I love it I think it's brilliant and I think more fighters need to be bold and do exactly the same thing mm-hmm. but you oh no sorry Karis on you go <laughs> you can go I, I can just come after you sorry. no I, I, I was I was about to say that but not everybody has the leverage that a Jorge Masvidal that John Jones that an Nate Diaz that Conor McGregor has so would you um, f- for instance if Alex Perez had some beef with Dana White or Hunter or or Sean Shelby about uh, a, a new contract or whatever, would you would you advise them to to air it out publicly? Because I mean, we talked about it. I think was it last week we talked about how they how they just cut Yair Rodriguez like it was nothing. So they, they could they could do that to you unless like unless you pull in the uh, the pay per views. But that's just it. That's just it. This isn't the first time that we've experienced this. And I'm glad you you bring up Yaya Rodriguez because he came out publicly and said, no, um, this is my account of actually what happened. Again, kind of like giving his his truth. So I just feel that the more fighters come out like this, the more it will embolden uh, other fighters to do the same. What we need is critical mass. At the moment, we don't have that because people are kind of like, uh, I know it is an individual sport, but people are forgetting that they have um, group negotiation tactics when they act as a group, if that makes sense. So if you're all doing the same thing, and that is all, for want of a better word, airing your dirty laundry, all having your side of the negotiations public, all speaking your mind and speaking your truth, then, you know, I think that kind of like will push down this kind of effort that um, Dana White is very, very keen on, and that is to keep the, the, the fighter's voice is suppressed. I want to know the motivations behind this. Now, obviously we can say money is the easy answer mm-hmm. to this, but it's also at the end of the day, do you want better pay for yourself? Do you want better pay for all fighters? Or do you want better pay for both or neither? What is the purpose behind this? Because that's an important question right now. Everybody always wants to talk about, oh, I'm not getting paid X, Y, and Z. I'm not doing this, that, third. Well, what happened five, 10 years ago when Leslie Smith and Cajun Johnson were trying to get together the fighters union mm-hmm. and y'all were hiding, tucking your tail behind your legs? Do you want this to happen or not? Stand tall on this then. Like I remember, hold on, I'm going to name these people off by name because I remember that they were so adamant about say. their fighters union and then they disappeared out of nowhere. It was GSP, Tim Kennedy, Cowboy Stroney, TJ Dillashaw, Kane Velasquez, <laughs> and those are the two people who I remember off the top of my head. Where are you people now? Where were you? You guys yeah. did that for a week straight then disappeared. And then yeah, y'all want to cry about your fighter pay. Oh, I can't afford this. I got to pay my manager this. Oh, training camp to this amount. Oh, X, Y, and Z. Well, then why didn't you stand up? But you see, that's exactly what I was talking about just a while ago. Dana's very keen to suppress those voices. One of the first things that he did, and it's a classic tactic in terms of negotiation, divide and rule, divide and conquer. He singled out Cowboy Cerrone to say, yeah, do you remember that time? And this was publicly. Do you remember that time when you had that oh, problem with yeah, that man on the boat? And I yeah. bailed you out and you're coming at me like this. And then <laughs> that was Cowboy Cerrone going back Wait, to his corner with his tail between, between his legs. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Didn't he say like uh, he helped him out to like the tune of like a hundred grand or yeah, something? If that yeah. is off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah he it's... had some legal case with some some guy on a boat, and you know, again, that disintegrated that because now you have Cowboy Cerrone not speaking up and saying things like, "Oh, I thought it was something else," and now I, I almost as though he was tricked into it. 
Mm. Yeah, man. But what about what about the other the other big guys in there? Like, if I mean, you've got George Saint Pierre, Kane Velasquez. I mean, what what prompted? The, I don't want to say them just going silent or whatever, but what what happened to their eagerness and their desire to strive for better fighter pay? I, I, I it, 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 it's it baffles me. Direct it, it really does. Direct deposits were made. Oh, <laughs> are we are, we act like that doesn't happen? That that's a real thing that happens. Not I'm not it even happens. talking about in the MMA world. I'm talking about yeah. in other sports. That you want someone to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, great. You want great fighter pay. Here's some great fighter pay for you. What are you gonna do mm-hmm. about it? All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up. You just you just gave me 60k. All right, I'm about to shut up. Guarantee you, deposits were made, which is why it's falling apart. I remember who was it else who was trying to? I think Liz Carmouche also also tried to do a little thing and she dabbled in and you saw how they disrespected her a few months ago she was out there doing press for the ufc for veterans and they fired her while she was doing the yeah. press run you wow. think that was my question no that was premeditated they were mad at her for stuff that she did years ago she just fought for the title she just fought for the title and y'all cut her come on really like these these things aren't random they are punishing y'all. And this is why y'all need to stand up right now. It's easy for me to sit back and, and sit at my team like, y'all better stand up for what's best for you. But some of y'all are millionaires right now. Y'all can take it. And if the millionaires in the promotion want to demand better for the people who are lesser, it's going to work. It'll work because if you guys don't fight, they aren't going to sell as much. That's what these people don't get. That's true. But I I, I think, I, yeah, unfortunately, we, we live in a, like, we live in a world, especially now, especially, especially I've realized this as I've got older, especially over the last 10 years, that people are really selfish and they don't want to do anything that will impact the future of their family and, and, and themselves. And I get that to a certain extent, but I mean, this also comes down to politics as, as well. I mean, there comes a point where the greater good has to take precedent over self-gain yeah, but Carlos Ka- Ka- has actually nailed it, though. Um, from For every single, and I'm not going to name him, for every single fighter <laughs> that I've ever spoken to where fighter pay comes up, nothing about the collective is discussed. It's always about, this is what I want for my pocket. This is what I want for mm-hmm. my improvement. This is what I want for my betterment. It's never about what we can do together. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was just saying there. Nobody wants to be the sacrificial lamb. No. I mean, Cajun Johnson, sacrificial lamb, Leslie Smith, and Liz Carmouche. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's sad. But I mean, I, I, one can only hope that, that well, well I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't include Connor in this. I don't include, one can only hope that obviously Cejudo, <laughs> we've got John, we've got, well, Jorge too as well, and and to a certain extent, we got Nate as well involved in this. So, one hopes that those four, like four big leading voices in the sport, can can help prompt change. Hmm. I have to say, I'm not that optimistic for nope. change because it's an individual uh, sport when you think about yeah. it. And every single fighter who I've ever spoken to, I think I've just explained, they're not about the group; they're about the individual. Yeah, and it's dumb because what a lot of these people don't realize is that a raising tide raises all boats. So I don't like the NFL and other organizations have a minimum pay. That could be just the first thing you guys do is just establish a minimum pay, just to ensure the people didn't have to struggle like you did. Why is a person fighting for five and five, ten and ten, fifteen and fifteen, twenty and twenty, or whatever it might be? Mm. You guys get the minimum pay, 
and then that eliminates so many more problems for y'all like oh my goodness like or maybe you have them put into the contract where the ufc takes care of your expenses for training camps for fight camps what about that what there are so there are a million different options for people to do if you just sat down and thought about it these people haven't even done that so that's why this whole excuse of oh it's selfish oh i want this for me it's just like no you're stupid that's the issue. You're stupid and you don't understand the benefit of you stepping out here, getting your best friends in the organization. You say, nah, we got the top five fighters at Bantamweight right now saying we ain't fighting. What's up? That's four, that's four people. What's happy y'all train at the same gym? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> ATT that, has 500 fighters there. Five of them are in the top five of every single division. Where are y'all at? <laughs> Kairos. As the microphone is on you, what are you bringing to the table this week? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about Connor's tactics, but you know, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole anymore. I want you guys to honestly mm. give me a reason why Leon Edwards should be the next up for the title. Oh, don't even. I need you guys on, to give man. me a serious reason. I'm going to tell you why I don't think so at this point. Are you trying to get my blood pressure up before yes. I go to sleep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you can go first. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do you dirty like that, Leon, but I'm struggling here. I tell you why. This is all about, and I we've been here before in terms of this kind of like train of thought and this um, discussion point. The way that I look at it, look, the UFC are in a hole right now. They basically mm -hmm. want to get intriguing and stylistically um, uh, flamboyant matchups on the table. They need people who are going to actually sell the brand, get keep people interested. But more importantly, these people who are shouting the loudest are getting the grease. Now, Leon is just not that guy. I hear where he's coming from in terms of fighting, um, doing the talking for itself. And if there is any justice in the world, yes, he should be the person to get the next. Because his streak at the moment is ridiculous. But mm. facts are facts. And it's a shame that it's come down to this, but facts are facts. He just isn't shouting loud enough. And that is just the game that we're in at the moment. The squeakiest hinge gets the grease. Okay, right. Maybe maybe I'm old fashioned and I don't like the the way the direction the UFC have taken over, let's say, the last five years. But we need a return to meritocracy. We really like. For me, for for this sport to be considered more legit, who's laughing there? So someone's to say who's laughing. We're both laughing. laughing. When, when, when has it been a meritocracy since these new days? That's what I'm saying. Like we need to go back to the post, the pre. Sorry, the pre, the pre Housery days. That's that, that's 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 what we need. I mean, for for me, like I, I personally believe that you could sell a fight between Leon and Usman tomorrow, and it, and it would do well. If the UFC properly built up Leon, built him up as this this killer with it. How many? How many? Is he on a nine fight win streak now, or is it eight? It's eight. Is it eight? Uh, I'm sorry, I Leon. I, 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 I think I think it's eight. You could like you could cut so many good promos. Get Ron Perlman nar narrating. Tell the story of Leon Ed Edwards' life. How he's come from from 
from a bad neighborhood in Birmingham and he's turned his life around and he's the baddest motherfucker in 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 the UK which which he, which he is like I don't care what anybody else says the UFC could sell that and I mean you'd have that the entire UK tune well okay you would have a large portion of the of the UK tuning in and like you can, as, as I say, going back to it, you, you could sell it. You could go down the list of who Leon Edwards has beat. He beat RDA, former champion. He beat Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson is a long time mainstay in the in the rankings. Beat Donald Cerrone. Everybody knows about Donald Cerrone, and he's just uh, and I think it was how many years ago? I think it was three years ago. He. Uh, he didn't murk him, but he dominated Vicente Luque. And everybody holds Vicente Luque in high regard now. I mean, and he also beat uh, all the old Russian guy. What's his what's what's his name? Albert do you remember Tumanov? Albert Tumanov? And do you remember people were scared of Albert Tumanov? People were shit scared of Albert Tumanov. And at the time he beat Tumanov, Tumanov is ranked. So this notion of that Leon Edwards has hardly beaten anybody that is ranked is absolute bollocks. The UFC could hype up the fight they could make they could make it sell lots of pay-per-views or lots of pay-per-views relative to the the stars who aren't connor and, and, and what have you but i just don't think they, they want to yeah but how i'm with kairos here i just can't believe i'm saying this i'm with kairos here <laughs> oh, i think i might be, i might i might be changing my citizenship yes. tomorrow i'm with kairos here because in terms Benedict of Benedict Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> there we've got the title of this podcast. But yep. how, in terms of weight, in terms of a compelling story, can you give me something that tips the scale and puts Leon up there when you have Masvidal waiting in the wings? When you have, I mean, it's an honest question, seriously. Okay, but in term in terms of storyline, what is there between Usman and Masvidal? That little do something, do something, do something. Like there's 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 nothing there. There's a story. There's a built-in storyline. Leon's only loss in the uh, second well second loss in the UFC, I believe, was to Usman, and then he's been on this absolute tear. So and yeah, there, there's there's a narrative. There's a story there that that can that can be sold. That can be sold. The the UFC are a master storytellers when it comes to hyping up hyping up uh, their stars mm. their master stories so, so, um, and as I said if you got Ron Perlman whose voice I could listen to all day yeah. narrating a story uh, a pre-card uh, a, uh, a pre uh, trailer with Leon people would get hyped for it people would, would buy into the hype and you could have Perlman saying something like and and a man with a left elbow that's lethal as it. I I don't know. That's my own Perlman impression. But you get what you get. What I'm saying. Yeah, but you didn't it's... answer the question in terms of weight. <laughs> in terms of weight, we're putting them on a scale now. Uh, okay. Are you telling me that that narrative tips the scale for over the um, Masvidal narrative? Are you serious? It's not an honest question. Are you are you being serious? <laughs> no, no, honestly. Yes, no, no, no. Yeah, well, for me, yes, I am. Wow. Perhaps, maybe, may, perhaps, maybe it's just my old, old-fashioned way of thinking that I, I prefer to see fighters get the big fights and merit. And yeah, but I'm you're not... talking meritocracy there. I'm talking weight in terms of compelling yeah. storyline, in terms of what's actually going to bring people, what's going to bring the boys to the yard. I thought you were about to say what's going to bring the milkshake to the yard. <laughs> 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 No, I, 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 I truly believe the, the storyline of, of, uh, of, 
of Usman being the last person to inflict a loss on Leon. I think yeah. th- I think that's big enough. And and you couple that in with the with the win streak. Okay, we're not talking about meritocracy per se, but we're we're just we're narrating and saying that he's he's been on this win streak for for how many years now? Four years, undefeated in four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So I I, I think that bear that that I think that's that carries more weight than the Masvidal fight. I know people are going to come from me saying that, but that's that's my belief. Wow. Okay. Well, first things first, I'm going to get this out of the air so you understand where I stand. Y'all, y'all nailed my boy Woodley to the wall last week, so now I'm going to nail your boy to the wall this week. That's oh, God. <laughs> Second thing is, um, I read on a second grade reading level, so I don't even know what meritocracy is, but I'm going to tell you what's real at, at this point. Your boy Leon hasn't fought in a year. His best chance to have a clamor for competing for the title is if Burns did not fight Woodley and he had fought in the meantime. But because those two conditions were not met, your boy's out of luck, okay? If we're just being real, y'all want to talk about me being a hater and me being biased? Well, guess what? Jorge Masvidal has the best chance of competing for a title and negotiating for it at this point out of every single person in the Mm -hmm. welterweight division. It's Mm -hmm. not about who Mm -hmm. deserves it about what I'm saying. Jorge mm-hmm. Masvidal has the name, he has momentum, and for better or for worse, people are now acknowledging him as a draw. I didn't think he was a draw before. I went back and saw the numbers. 246 did like a million buys. And, and yeah, a, a million buys. So mm-hmm. that means either he's a draw or Nate Diaz is a draw or they're both draws. I refuse to see it as Nate's a draw and he just isn't. I just, I, I can't see it that way. I'm sorry. I th- I'm, I'm going to sit here and think the Cuban Jesus... I'm sorry, Cuban Baphomet, because that's blasphemy, is a, isn't a draw. <laughs> like, if we're just being real for a second. And the welterweight division right now, if we're being realistic, needs someone who's going to carry that flame. Jorge Masvidal has a better chance. And even if Leon Edwards started today, started talking shit, calling people out, and he was really good at it, he was brilliant. The, the worst thing, the best thing that's going for him is this. Oh, you dominate your opponents. But when was the last time you dominated your opponent? That's where it comes to play. Yes, great. You have this illustrious winning streak. Yes, you have put out people who are put out people who no one wanted to fight and you put out staples. But the fact of the matter is this your most recent win is against a guy who's an undersized welterweight. He should be fighting at 165 pounds or find a dietitian to fight at 155 pounds. There's a lot of people in this division who people don't recognize because they aren't into the sport like we are. The casual mm-hmm. fans don't understand who Santiago Ponzinibbio is. The average fans in the sport don't know who Jeff Neal is. The average fans in the sport don't know who Gunnar Nelson is, who uh, Peter Sabata is, Brian Barberina, Vincent Luque, Albert Tumanoff, Dominic Waters. Like, they don't know who these people are. So all those wins basically are meaningless to those people. Sure, you could show the highlight reel, but it's not like he's KOing people dead, and that's what people are looking for. Your boy Leon is yes. Trouble. Your boy Leon needs at least 52 wins now. He's got to win 52 oh in a row to get a shot God. at the title now. He dug himself in a grave. He should have fought. And I'm not saying but, he should have left the United States to fight Woodley. He should have found somebody else to fight or something. He, he's out of luck now. But I think now, I don't know if you saw the little clip that uh, Adam Catchrell and Nick Pete, uh, I think it was on BT Sport, they were speaking, to, they had Leon on the, broad, uh, on the, the yeah, broadcast team, the pre fight broadcast team. And Leon said that the UFC essentially reached out and they're in talks. Now, for me, on from the outside looking in, it looks as if Leon's getting used. It looks as if they're yeah. trying to pull the trying to pull what's the the comparison? They're trying to pull a Khabib and Connor. Remember with uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, he was offered. He was I think he was actually given a contract to fight Eddie Alvarez at two hundred five, but then they they pulled it from him. And you know they offered him a contract so then they could go to Connor. Right, 
you're going to miss your chance to fight for the title. Khabib's already said yes. So are you in or are you out? Mm. So I think that's probably the same situation that's playing out right here. Yep. 100% agree with you there. He's been used as a pawn. Khabib was afraid uh, too. Don't don't let don't let it fool you. Khabib was afraid. Uh, I'm, I ain't even gonna get it. <laughs> Your boy is a coward. He's a coward. I'm gonna keep shouting it. Your boy Habib's afraid of tough fights. Uh, I, I'm not even getting into this, man. Like, I, I, I don't know how. Where where has this come from? I know you talked about this briefly, but where where's the tangible evidence to say that he's afraid? Okay, I'm gonna give you some tangible evidence right now. Who are the fights that Habib has pulled out against? Okay, off the top of my head. Yeah, off the top of your head. And I'll name the. Three, I'll close the distance. Off the top of my head, there was a fight with Cowboy. Yep. Yep. Cow. Uh, then Tony. Yep. And then who else has he pulled out from? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who I else. Believe, I think that was it. I think it was just Cowboy and Tony. But here's my mm -hmm. point. Okay. This man had every opportunity to capitalize on big fights and propel himself into stardom even prior to that. You had Nate Diaz showing up to events where he was at, slapping the snot out of him every time he saw him. This man was fighting people in the stadium before Malice in the Palace was even a thing. Nate would walk up to him, be like, yo, what's up? And then slap him and they'd start fighting. It was at the World Series of Fighting event that it happened. I, I think that. it happened at another event. So it's just like, you had an opportunity to fight a mega star. What stopped you from fighting him? If, if you think it's an easy fight, you should have taken that fight, period, point blank. Cowboys, same situation, same stature, same style fire, except for Cowboys a little bit more dynamic and picky choosy with his strikes. This man has avoided every tough matchup. Eddie Alvarez, a guy who could wrestle his butt off and strike and scramble for his life. You didn't take that fight either. This man is a coward. He's a great fighter, but he does not want to face fighters who have a decisive advantage over him. So what does he do? He tries to play his little chess game. Oh, it's not a challenge for me. Or, oh, uh, I... I have moral obligations to not give this rematch to Conor McGregor. Oh, I'm never going to do this. Pay me 50 million UFC to fight Conor. You know what? I'm sick of people defending this man. I'm sick of people making excuses for him. Because if anybody else did this, y'all would bury them. If a black dude did if if Kamaru Usman did half the stuff that Khabib Nurmagomedov did, y'all would bury him under the jail. Bury him. John Jones does half the stuff that Khabib does, and y'all swear he's afraid. Y'all swear he's afraid of rematches. So why is it that when Habib does it, it's justified? Spare me. Oh, this is number one bullshit. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's number one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you uh, you 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 raise your argument there that you said that Habib's afraid of tough fights, and you you mentioned Eddie. Now I thought when when the first when the matchup was first outed, I thought exactly what you thought. Eddie's a good wrestler, he's a good scrambler, he's got good striking, exactly what we think the antidote to, to beating Habib is. And now, Justin Gaethje has all three of those in spades. Do you think that he doesn't fight Justin Gaethje? Um, he better fight Justin Gaethje. It's not what I think. He better fight him. or he, he, That just proves my point even more. Okay, number one bullshit. <laughs> he better fight him. And I'm going to be real with you right now. If Habib does not fight him, they need to strip him. I don't care. I'm so sick and tired of this game of, oh, I'm using my moral code. Oh, I'm using my religion to protect me. Oh, I'm using these factors. Guess what? You've been doing this since the second you got signed to the UFC. <laughs> the only difference is we haven't had the internet to fact check and see what the pattern is. I see the pattern. It's fear. <laughs> it's fear. And yes, 
You people can sit back and say, well, Habib would beat Eddie anyway. We'll never know now. And if we're being frank, Eddie would whoop his ass. I don't care. This notion of fear, though, given the murderer's role, given the people who he's faced, given how dominant and how terrifying he is in the cage, are you seriously running with the fear narrative? Really, Kairos? Fear. And I'm sick of fighters <laughs> saying, oh, I'm a champion. I don't fear anybody. Yes, you do. You fear the matchup that is weak against your style. That's what you're afraid of. I'm not saying you're afraid of the person. Mm. I'm saying you're afraid of the problems that they possess for what you do best. And that is why I say what I say, because you refuse to face those matchups that are bad for what you do best. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> any more for any more gents before I wrap this bad boy up? Alpha B. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, if there are any talking points that we discussed today that you want to actually discuss with us on the interwebs you can catch me at micro tv and fellas where can people catch you you can catch me at chasanga underscore malata on twitter and instagram folks you can catch me at kairos mma at twitter you know i'm making that tiktok get ready <laughs> boy don't even get me started on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> until next week gents make some trouble